This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is gonna have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. This is serious stuff for the nation, for who we are as a country. We have never before had a mugshot of a United States president, current or former, but now we do. Here it is. Criminal defendant and former president Donald J. Trump presumed innocent until proven guilty in accordance with the rule of law for his sake and for ours. Uh, whatever you think of the photo, this is not something to take lightly. Our constitutional republic depends on the very basic concept of rule by law, not rule by man. A constitutional standard under which a president is still just a citizen and all citizens have equal standing before one system of law which applies equally to everyone. The it was a very sobering moment. I mean, the, one of the few moments of levity provided by Donald Trump's staff self-reported weight and height. I've stood next to him many times. I'm about 6'4". Maybe he's 6'1". Maybe he's six, one and a half, six, two. He's a good bit shorter, but he, he, his staff reported him at six, three and uh, ended a fighting weight of 215. That would be like if my staff reported me, uh, describe Mr. Scarborough's appearance. He looks a lot like Robert Redford in 1974. <laughs> uh, you know, wildly, wildly off. So I, I, I'm not going to tell you where uh, the over mm. under is uh, on Donald Trump's weigh in, uh, but it's a good, uh, let's just say it's a good 70 or 80 pounds higher than what the staff reported. But Willie, I'm sure you would describe me as looking like Robert Redford in about yeah. 74, but, but I don't know about Which Donald Trump Sundance kid era. Yeah, exactly. Right in there. Yes. Yes. Right in there. It's with or without the mustache. Yes. I like it with the stash. I also like the self-reporting of strawberry blonde hair. I thought that was a nice flourish. <laughs> flourish as well instead, instead of just Let's saying blonde. Okay. Anytime. Remember, this is supposed to be the voice of God on the show. Friday, 25 August, year of early 2023. I can't take any more Scarborough. What we're trying to show is the, the, the mocking, the joy they had uh, with this event that occurred in Fulton County. And it's an inflection point in American history and a very important inflection point because now we understand fully if for those that didn't understand it before, they will stop at nothing to destroy Trump. Absolutely nothing to destroy Donald Trump. We have a lot going on in this area. And of course, Jim Hoff and the great team over at the Gateway Pundit is on top of it. So, Jim, I want to take a second. Uh, you know, since they were giddy, we could show more of the giddy, you know, ones, uh, you know, Joy Ann Reed and Nicole Wallace, the whole crowd that couldn't contain their laughter. But you've broke a story today earlier that uh, I think is pretty shocking when you actually look at the details of it. So I wanted to step back, turn it over to you. We got the Gateway Pundit story up. But I want you to walk through because this is all predicated, this entire racketeering situation, right? Because the, they can't really find a crime. But the railhead of all this, just like the impeachment was the railhead of the perfect phone call with Zelensky. And now that Zelensky and that entire clique has been exposed for what they are, 
You understand, everybody understands that was a perfect phone call and the impeachment was a complete hoax. This uh, we're, this phone call of Raffensperger is actually uh, turning out to be quite important. Jim Hoff, I'm going to turn it over to you. Walk through the reporting of the Gateway Pundit, sir. Yes, Steve. Um, that was quite a clip that you just put together. It reminded me of Pelosi hushing uh, the Democrats when they were cheering during the first uh, announcement of the first uh, impeachment against Donald Trump. They try to hide their glee, but we all know that they're uh, they're high-fiving and breaking open the champagne in the back rooms. Um, this story that we put up at Gateway Pundit, Steve, is just devastating to this whole narrative that the Democrats are trying to create. Now, I, I want to remind you too, Steve, we put this up uh, a year, two years ago when this broke. This, 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 the details of this story broke back in March of 2021, and yet this whole process has proceeded since then, even though we know, just like, just like when Trump went into office, the Russian narrative was a complete garbage and made up. We know that this narrative in Georgia was also made up. It was a complete lie. It started when the Georgia uh, Secretary of State's office, Brad Raffensperger, they leaked this contents of a phone call to the Washington Post. The Washington Post put this article up on January 9th of 2021, after the uh, insurrection, right, the, after the riots, and it was before Trump's second impeachment. So they wanted to hit him really hard. And what they said was that Trump had called their offices and he demanded that they find the fraud and he insisted that they would be national heroes, whoever found the fraud. That was what the Washington Post reported on January 9th. Then in March, they came back, the Washington Post, and had to make a correction. This correction said that wasn't true, what was leaked to them. They, they, they now have the actual transcript of the call. Trump never said this. What Trump did say is find the dishonesty. And so this whole story that, of course, you know, was like wildfire, like it always is when they attack Trump, uh, this, it was all based on a lie. And on top of that, we found out, and this was David Schaefer, the GOP chair of Georgia, had tweeted this out at the time. They were able to confirm this because after the call, Jordan Fuchs, who worked for Brad Raffensperger in his Secretary of State office, she had deleted the actual recording. And investigators found it in her trash file. And that's how come they knew the actual content of this call. So Raffensperger's team had lied to the Washington Post and almost got away with it, except for the fact that investigators found it in a trash file. We also know, Steve, that this was in March when David Schaefer reported that. In February, Fannie Willis, who is this new district attorney in Fulton County, decided to use this phone call to start an investigation into Donald Trump. So this whole basis of this investigation into Trump and the 18 associates who were also indicted this past week, uh, indicted and, and uh, booked, uh, it's all based on a lie. Fannie Willis knew this. She certainly knew this in March, a month after she started her investigation. And now here we are today. 
Uh, again, it's all based on a lie that came from Brad Raffensperger's office. Okay, but here, here I don't want to bury the lead here. I want to go back to this for a second. The key point, go back to the first date. Raffensperger, and because he doesn't do things on his own, he got signed off by Kemp. The Georgia Republican establishment, Republican Party establishment, wanted to take down Trump as early as because of the fiasco around the uh, well, first of all, they hate him. They, 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 they looked the other way and allowed everything to happen to have it stolen in the first place. And then the Senate runoff. But go back the date Raffensperger and Jordan Fuchs leaked to The Washington Post. They didn't come to Gateway Pundit. They didn't go to Breitbart. They didn't go to Kane over at Citizens Free Press. They didn't go to Revolver or or uh, or the National Pulse or Raheem. They didn't come to the war room. They went to the Washington Post and they went to Washington Post and they did not give them the tape. What they did is they described it was in the tape, correct? I believe so. Yes, that's absolutely correct. And what they described was inaccurate. I want to be very specific. What did Rothensberger and what did the story say in January in the Washington Post? Walk me through what it actually what, what did that story say? That was so I do have the quote here, and I'm going to read to you what it said from the Washington Post. In their correction that was published on March 11th of 2021, they said two months ago, after publication of this story, the Georgia Secretary of State released an audio recording of President Donald Trump's December phone call with the state's top election officials and investigator. The recording revealed that the Post misquoted Donald Trump's uh, comments on the call based on information provided by a source, Trump did not tell the investigator to find the fraud or say she would be yeah. a national hero if she did so. Um, and it goes yeah, on. I, now, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, Jim, Jim, I know that, but that's Schaefer coming forward in March. I want to go back. What did the Washington Post actually, what did the original story actually say? Because that was the one that caught, that was a firestorm when it first came out. What, oh, did yeah, they, it was, it was, what did what did that story actually what did that so story the actually original say? story the gist of the original story was that Trump was pressuring them to find the fraud and that they would be national heroes if they found the fraud pressuring them uh, they made it sound like he was telling them to make up something about fraud so that he could save the state and uh, from we know at the time there was also an audit released around the same time. Um, that actually laid out several uh, points that said this this election was very suspect in, in several different ways. Brad Raffensperger never uh, addressed any of those concerns. He's never reported on that audit that came out. And so Trump had every right to call these people and say, you know, um, uh, find the dishonesty is his, his quote. It wasn't, uh, you know, pressuring them to find the fraud. So. Uh, Schaefer, the blockbuster in the Schaefer part in March was a revelation, was it not, that, that Jordan Fuchs had tried to get rid of the tape and it just happened to be found by investigators. And the, and the tape itself turns out to be exculpatory, does it not? Absolutely. And again, it was found in her trash folder. She tried to delete this. And um, so... Uh, there you there you go. And in the meantime, Fannie Willis is off and running with this investigation, which was based on Trump's free speech. I mean, the the 
the seriousness of the, what happened yesterday, uh, among several things, was the fact that now uh, the left believes they can charge you and imprison you for wrong speech. And that should be very concerning to every American. Here, here's what I think is, and this is the reason they need an investigation. They're talking about, um, Jim Jordan's talking about doing this at the House. But we need this immediately. And this is why a special session has got to be called. If that tape is as David Schaefer describes it, and it appears that it is, right? Because didn't the Washington Post do a correction to their story? Yes, absolutely. And that was in March. Yeah. That correction. That tell me, they, tell they me what the beast was. Tell me what the, tell me what the, it, tell me what the correction was. Yeah. And that, that was again on March 11th. And that was exactly what I was just reading to you. That was their correction in the paper two months, more than two months after the original story broke. Well, then the grand jury, it depends on what he, she showed the grand jury. If she showed the grand jury the audio that was saved, then that ought to be exculpatory. The question has got to be, why are we even here? I mean, why are we even here anyway? Because of the whole concept of the First Amendment. But this is specific to the, the case. What we know in Trump's first impeachment, besides all the firestorm they said about, oh, it was all this, when you actually listen to it, and now that you listen to it in the fullness of time, the fullness of time with what's happening in Ukraine and Zelensky's role in that, you understand when Trump says it wasn't a, a good call, uh, it wasn't an okay call, uh, it wasn't a great call, it was a perfect call. And if you look at that, it is a perfect call. Same situation here. That's why there has to be a special session right now. What Colton Moore is doing in Georgia is not simply heroic and patriotic because he's going against the apparatus. And you see the apparatus that's looking the other way right now. You see the apparatus that Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips are in federal court in where? Wait for it. Fulton County, Georgia, right? Over over the 347 or 349,000 uh, uh, people who can't vote anymore because their registrations are wrong. They've either moved out. There's something fundamentally wrong that they even admit that that is in Rathensburg and actually admits in a meeting that's correct. But 67,000 of those people actually voted which they never want to talk about. If you look at the corruption and never lose sight of the fact of for eight years, eight years, Brian Kemp was secretary of state before Raffensperger. Eight years. First off, what kind of guy? You're talking about Kemp is going to be president of the States. He spent eight years as the secretary of state of Georgia. Is that even a job? Right. Is that a job for a grown man? Right. I mean, come on. You kid eight years. What a grundoon. How how lack of talent do you have to have? Look at Roethlisberger and look at Kemp. These are two dimension zeros. But this is gets to the bottom why we need an investigation of funny was not a year from now, not two years from now. We need a special session of the Georgia. And by the way, anybody that get get in back of that is part of the problem. You're part of the problem. I don't want to hear money. People come on here, and even Rudy the other day had to correct. You know, talking about Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. I don't want to talk about that. It's ancient. Might as well we talk about the Romans and the Greeks right now. I want to talk about what's stopping all this is the Republican moneyed class, the donor class. And they got in, in, in the impeachment in Texas on Paxson is, is the exact same thing, difference in degree, but not in kind.
difference in degree, but not in kind of what's happening in Georgia. And that's why Jim Jordan, you know, he's still going to investigation. I know he's going to get a knitted brow because we're going to get to a second about Georgia. This is all of a piece and it must be fought as it's all of a piece. Well, I got Jim Hoft here. If uh, the staff in, if our great producers in uh, Lindale TV in Memphis, my crack staff here, can we play Nancy Mace? I want to play this and I want to get Jim Hoff's observations on this. Let's go and play it. One thing you did tell me, and this is what you said last time you were here with me, you said that it's, mm-hmm. you know, forget 20 million, it's 50 million. And this is based oh, yeah. on you know, oh, documents yeah. that you've seen that, that we have not seen yet. So can you, is it still 50 million? Mm-hmm. Is it more now? I mean, oh, what, it's, what do it's you know? staggeringly high. It's definitely, it's definitely more than 50 million. It's staggeringly high. I'm not allowed to share the confidential information in the suspicious activity report sitting at the treasury right now, but the amount of money we are talking about is staggering. And the fact that mainstream media has just ignored this, swept this under the rug and said, all of this is normal. This is probably the most corrupt president in U.S. history. And I don't say that lightly. I mean, I come from a very purple district, but the double standard here is very obvious. There's a two two different standards of justice in this country. And, you know, Joe Biden ought to probably have a mugshot when this thing is said and done. And I want the American people to see all the evidence that we have. And Okay, um, just for some bra- background, for nomenclature, um, PEP, politically exposed person. When you're a certain level of the U.S. government, whether you like it or not, the Treasury Department automatically puts you on a watch list. You don't get to vote on this. You don't get any say-so on this. You don't even know it. But at certain levels of the government, right? whether you're a political appointee um, or you're a permanent part of the bureaucracy, the apparatus, the administrative state, you go into what's called PEP, politically exposed people. That means you have a, 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 somehow you have a role in policy of the United States of America. It doesn't matter whether you're a liberal or Democrat, a right-winger, ultra-maga, uh, rhino Republican, uh, socialist, whatever you are in the spectrum, it doesn't matter. Also, members of other governments. Remember, the, the Treasury, we run this system called the SWIFT system. It's a track. Every transaction in the world has to go through because of the way you're connected with wires, etc. It can be tracked by the central banks and by the, uh, by the Bank of England and by the Federal Reserve and, and the Treasury Department, etc. That's one of the reasons in Durban, because of what happened in Russia, they're trying to get off that system. The system they're trying to get off of is both the, both the uh, Federal Reserve, the dollar is the prime reserve currency, but also the ability to track essentially every transaction in the globe. Now, back to you as a person. The Treasury has, if, if something happens at a financial institution or a bank that is suspicious, and that's laid out mathematically, essentially, they automatically report, if, if you're in the PEP list, and something comes across a wire, whatever, automatically, by federal law, they have to report that. They have to report that to the Treasury Department. And the Treasury has a portfolio view, a dossier, so to speak, of which all of these suspicious activity reports are, are held. And obviously, they're quite confidential or classified because it's people's personal lives, etc. And they're held at Treasury. Now, these are the records. When Nancy Mace talks, 
when Lauren Boebert talks, when MTG talks, they have actually gone to the Treasury Department into a skiff, a classified setting. They have been able to pull the files and to actually look at the files of direct wire transfers. This is money being transferred into accounts, very specifically laid out. And there's a summary of why the bank believed it was suspicious activity and why it was reported to the Treasury Department and the Federal Reserve. And then there's a summary report of the analysis that was done by the Treasury Department and any action that was taken. Okay, so we know. So when Nancy Mace is sitting there, remember, Nancy Mace is no, uh, she comes from a purple district, but she's no MAGA lover, right? She, she, she is, you know, as straightforward as you can get in, in areas of this type of partisanship. And what she has said, two things she said. Number one, $50 million. Now, Nancy Mace, I think, is the first female graduate of the Citadel. She can count. She can do arithmetic. $50 million. And she said that on more than one occasion. That's why the report, the host right there said, uh, you've said this before. She goes, at least $50 million in SARS reports. Suspicious activity report, SAR, $50 million. To all these shell companies they got, all these different family members they got, the whole Biden crime family, or the Biden, uh, since they're Irish and I'm Irish, the Biden crime clan. It's a clan. $50 million. And Nancy Mace has seen this and says that there are suspicious activity reports sitting there. You know where they're sitting there from? You know when this activity, some of it, maybe not all of it. When Joe Biden was vice president of the United States under Barack Obama and in charge of the pivot to Asia. Because much of this is from Chinese Communist Party companies. Now, others are also from Ukraine. Now, isn't it interesting? Ukraine and the CCP, Ukraine, the CCP. I think I've seen something in the news about that recently. The Ukraine, let me think about that. Ukraine and the CCP. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got it. Where we're shoveling money in. First of all, they, they impeach Trump over the Zelensky call because Trump's talking about corruption. Hello, hello. Talking about corruption, right? With Zelensky talking about corruption. And now we're shoveling money. We could end up, Biden could be ended up shutting down his own illegitimate regime on the evening of 30 September, all about the Ukraine supplemental. Another $20 billion he wants to funnel over there. You think it's high on his priority? I wonder why. It must be their geopolitical significance. Or maybe it's something else. I don't know. Just, I'm just, uh, just food for thought. I'm just asking questions, as they say. Jim Hoft. You're, uh, you're, uh, and it's not about the media not playing it. The, the media is the, is the propaganda arm of the apparatus. But why are we now at the end of August and we're talking about SARS reports and none of them come public? You know, Kevin McCarthy saying there, well, you know, it could be Christmas, et cetera. Why are we failing to bring impeachment, formal impeachment inquiry, which they did on Trump in a boom, lightning flash, right? Off a perfect phone call. What is McCarthy waiting for? And what are the what are the what are the penalties for McCarthy, the risk to McCarthy if he does not act, sir? Well, Steve, it's uh, it, we're all scratching our heads trying to figure that out. Uh, they definitely have enough evidence at this point to uh, start an impeachment uh, uh, investigation and impeachment hearings. Uh, we all know that. I don't know what's 
uh, Kevin McCarthy is doing. There's some uh, reports that he might have some uh, conflicts of his own uh, with with a couple of companies. But um, uh, again, uh, we're we're at a stage now in our country's history, as you w well defined this morning, in really one of the best um, segments I've ever seen you on, Steve. It was just fantastic. But we're at a historic point in our country, and and you're right. We have we're going to go either one of or of two ways. We're going to go towards the regime. We're going to go towards tyranny, or we're going to go back to the road of freedom and individual rights and freedom of speech. It's going to be one or the other. And um, I don't know why these people are waiting. I can tell you that as a as uh, the the founder and uh, the owner and editor of Gateway Pundit, you know that we're grassroots. And you know that um, we have significant following of people who really understand what's going on. They're furious that nothing's happening. The American public see this. They feel this. It's all coming together. It includes the, the Maui fires. It includes, um, it includes the, the, the January 6th beatings in prison, the prisoner abuse in this country. It includes Donald Trump being indicted on speech charges. And I think Americans are furious. Uh, along with the fact that the economy is crumbling and the border is wide open. We've never seen anything like this. Americans really, were, it, it is a turning point, Steve, as you, as you said. And uh, we pray that it, it, it goes uh, in the right direction. Jim, how do people get to you on the social media accounts you've got? How do they get to the Great Gateway Pundit? It's got to be a part of your, it is part of the show prep every day for here in the war room and the great job. And I know Andrew would be so thrilled of, of how your site has blossomed, become such a major part of global news. Where do people go? Thanks so much, Steve. Uh, it's thegatewaypundit.com. We're on Getter. We're on social. We're on uh, Twitter, Facebook. And by the way, Steve, we do have several reports coming on the Michigan uh, uh, voter registration fraud that, that we started reporting on a week or two ago. Uh, there's a reason that we haven't reported on a few things, uh, and you'll hear all about it next week. So um, let's get belt and, belt and suspenders. Tip of the spear in Georgia, tip of the spear in Michigan, tip of the spear of getting to the bottom of the 2020 stolen election, of which we will never back off one inch. Jim Hoff, you're a patriot and a hero. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Steve. Short break. Back, back in the warm in just a moment. You should choose an air purifier like your life depends on it, because it just might. Canadian wildfire smoke has blanketed the United States, reaching as far as our southern states. And with wildfire season in full swing nationwide, toxic smoke is threatening our health. EnviroCleanse is military-grade air purification that's now available for your home. EnviroCleanse is specifically designed to wipe out airborne chemicals and viruses known to cause illness, allergies, and difficulty in breathing. Even toxic gases and particles found in wildfire smoke are no match for EnviroCleanse. That is how you keep your family healthy. And this is why the Department of Defense chose EnviroCleanse to protect the air on board our Navy combatants. And only EnviroCleanse comes with a free professional air quality monitor so you know your family's breathing purified air or you get your money back. Visit ekpure.com. That's ekpure.com. And use code Steve for 10% off 
your EnviroCleanse air purification unit. You'll also receive the free air quality monitor plus fast free shipping. That's $150 saving. Now visit ekpure.com, ekpure.com, code word Steve, ekpure.com, code word Steve, take action, use your agency. You're at your doctor's office. Your doctor glances up from the chart and says, and I quote, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it up, end quote. Now that's the Field of Greens Better Health Promise. Check out this customer testimonial. He said, and I want to quote here, I've been taking Field of Greens, and this is the second time my doctor has danced into the room praising my blood results. Credit where credit's due. Thanks, Field of Greens, end quote. Now, each fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected for a specific health benefit. Some support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidneys. Others support metabolism metabolism for healthy energy and weight loss if you're busy if you don't get enough exercise if you eat too much fast food take field of greens look field of greens can't promise your doctor will dance into your room but they can promise at your next checkup your doctor will notice you improve health or you get your money back let me repeat that you get your money back i trust field of greens for my health and you can too let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. Take action today. Use your agency, fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon, and get the better health promise. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay. Um, to get a handle on what's, on what's going on and to, and to uh, make sure that we, you can be part of the conversation going forward, I need everybody to go to birchgold.com slash Bannon and get the end of the dollar empire. This is going to be central to your financial and economic life going forward that 
those, those Federal Reserve notes you walk around in your pocket all the time at ball games or at a bar or, you know, paying for Girl, Girl Scout cookies, whatever. What is really behind that? What's the world think of it? How does it really have value? We get into all that in a three-part series, totally free. We're going to come out with a fourth installment probably in the middle of September that's going to blow your head up. But we also have a pricey. That's a fancy French term for a summary. We have a summary, a pricey, that you can kind of review that talks about uh, what happened in Durban and what the importance of Durban because this is one of the most important geopolitical events since uh, the Bretton Woods Conference. I would say monetary policy or policy of, of, of um, your currency and the value of that currency, Bretton Woods right after or right at the end of World War II, I think it was in 1945. Uh, number two was the Nixon weekend in August of 71 at, um, up at Camp David where we came, went off the gold standard. And the third was, I think, this weekend or this past couple of days. And we're going to get more than that tomorrow in the Saturday show. Go birchgold.com slash Bannon. Go there. Talk to also a Birch Gold representative. Find out why central banks are buying gold more than other any time in history. And find out, ask them about the impact of what happened in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, with the, with the central bank meeting and the Federal Reserve speech yesterday that will come to a credit card or mortgage or auto loan near you shortly. Okay. I want to pivot now to Joe Allen. Uh, Joe, I talked today earlier about this, this great fight and this great war we have about President Trump. But as I've said, that is the signal in what we're doing in the kind of the temporal world every day. But there's a even deeper add on top of that. And it's one of the reasons of this. It seems like this revolutionary, revolutionary nature of the times and why so many people are saying, you know, I can't get my footing. I, I need a still point in the turning world. What is it? And that's why, you know, for over a year, you've worked on this book for War Room Books, uh, Dark Aeon, Transhumanism and the War Against Humanity. It's not only a tour de force. It is your guide to help you get an understanding because through understanding, you can then start to get your sea legs. Joe Allen. Steve, I think right now you look around, people are completely stunned at where we're at. Uh, we have President Trump being arrested. The most seen meme on Twitter is his mugshot. Uh, although I got to say, that's a damn good mugshot. Uh, this transformation, though, as Americans look around, oftentimes they, they wonder what happened to my country. Uh, you don't have to be very old to know that America was a very, very different place just decades ago. People used to have children playing outside. Now they're absorbed in video games. Uh, people used to be able to move around without constant fear of surveillance. That's pretty much evaporated at this point. Uh, people used to be incredibly religious in America. And secularization, atheism, the cultural revolution of the 60s has swept much of that away. People look around and ask, what the hell happened? And unless you think that those changes stop here, unless you think that this is it, progress, as they say, has reached uh, its apex, then you can expect many more transformations, many more changes to come down the pike. The big difference now is that people have the opportunity to be prepared for them. Some of them are going to be cultural some of them are going to be gender-related, like the spread of transgender children 
some of them will be religious, as in the rise of new cults and the expansion of some of the old cults, even maybe the oldest cults. What I hope with Dark Eon is that I can give people a grounding in where these transformative technologies are right now and where they are going, especially where they will go if people of a, a solid moral, solid social, uh, you know, a solid patriotic point of view do not take hold of the future now. These people are not going to stop. They're going to see their agenda spread. And unlike many cults of old, we're not talking about just you know, static, God, static statues of gods hovering over you in the marketplace. We're talking about incredibly powerful technologies used for surveillance, used for social control, used for replacing people in the economy, and ultimately used to alter human beings, animals, and plants genetically. When we talk about transhumanism as a war against humanity, we're talking about a war against humanity as we are now. And in the end, we're talking about a war against the human soul, what it is to be a spirit, a conscious spirit embodied, and what it means to be in touch with the divine and have your civilization oriented towards that divinity. That's why I want people to get the book, because I think Heraclitus was, you know, you need, if he said, what, give me a fulcrum and I can, I can, I, with some leverage on it, I can change the world. Right now, what people need is either that fulcrum or what I call a still point in a turning world. Right. And I realize a lot of what we talk about transhumanism, when you lay it on, when you lay it on top of all the other crises we talk about, they're all kind of uh, part of a whole cloth. Part of this is transhumanism. And the reason I think it's important to read the book, because now you give you the history of it, the technical terms of it. You walk through in a framework, then then people can use that going forward to start to think about it as more information comes in, as more information comes in. They have a framework to think about it. Part of this is, um, and if people have seen the movie Oppenheimer, part of this is about um, the high priest caste of the technocracy. It's it's what's happened. It's what's come so far radically different than what our uh, than what the framers and the founders the framers and the founders thought, right? That you came uh, you you came uh, you come so far, and these were men of the Enlightenment, right? These were men of the Enlightenment. So um, it, 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 you, this gives you a framework of which to of which to find of which to really think it through it. Yeah, you know, I, I my again, my hope is that the listeners on the war room and an audience far beyond us, even out into the left are able to recognize this threat against what it is to be a human being. The transformations that we've seen thus far, say for the last 50 years, many of them were subtle, many of them were obvious, but now as we sit in 2023, and anyone who can remember back even say to my childhood in the 80s, uh, the differences are so stark and yet it has faded into the background. And much of this has come with people asking for it, with people lining up to get these surveillance phones uh, that Apple released in 2007 and have now allowed technocrats to really monitor people's behavior, their location, their spending, their sentiments in real time. And once you have that information, as we have seen for the last decade especially, manipulation is much, much easier. 
Uh, as people in the audience wonder, why is it that you could never explain to a liberal that maybe COVID was used not to protect the public from a disease, but to spread a tyranny across not only the country, but the planet to establish a technocratic scientific class that could command the populace below and use technology to do it. Uh, it, it people wonder, why is that that, that uh, communication so impossible. I honestly think, Steve, that as the culture becomes more and more digitized, as this sort of brainwashing that we see unfold becomes more and more sophisticated, that uh, it just creates this division between what is and isn't real. It's impossible to see beyond the screen to the world outside. And as that continues, especially with the introduction of deep fakes, especially with the introduction more and more of virtual reality and with our finest young men and women basically turning their minds over to the device, it's going to be more and more difficult to parse reality from fantasy, truth from lies. Uh, I'm not offering any sort of miraculous cure, but I really do believe that if, if the audience understands what the sort of philosophical motivation is underpinning this, the transformation of the human being from top in the brain to the bottom. Uh, they'll, as you say, as these insane developments come in, it does, it provides a framework to understand what is the motive for this transformation? What is the paradigm? What is the plan? And most importantly, what do we do about it? Where do we go? What future do we want as an alternative? Okay, now that gets down to the question. One of the reasons I want people to get the book and go to Amazon to order it. Um, it'll be out next week in bookstores. But people in this audience, this is not just, um, how do I say this? It's, it's different than the fight in supporting MAGA and, 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 and President Trump in the MAGA movement and populist nationalism in that that is a personal choice to either be part of this movement or not. And it is obviously fundamental to you as a citizen of this country and a part of the civilization of the Judeo-Christian West. The transhumanism decision and the reason this book is a primer, and I call it like a when you're going away to college for the first time and, you know, you've taken a bunch of high school course, all this. But the college courses are a little different. You're playing against a little more competitive field. They're kids from all over, not just the kids you went to from your local neighborhood or your region. And, and that's when they start giving these textbooks from these great scholars at, you know, Yale and Stanford and all this. So you're, you're getting these, this is the, essentially the textbook. And here's why it's an important text for book for you personally in this part of transhumanism the reason i say that culture and society is not ready for this and it goes far deeper than just oh we're going to have artist rights and now you're going to have the the the, the chat gpt news stories and they're doing art and we don't need these artists we don't need graphic designers or the education yes that's all part of but that's such a tiny 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 element the most important and fundamental is that in the lived experience of you like today, not in five years, not in 10 years, not in 50 years. The question of what is a homo sapien, what is made in the image and likeness of God and what is homo sapien 2.0 or what I call homo sapien 1.25 enhanced homo sapien 
is a decision that you will be forced to make now. Because quite quickly, as you go through Joe's book, you see these issues about, and particularly for children, to be competitive in college, to be competitive in jobs, to be competitive on the athletic field. These are going to be decisions that you're going to be faced with immediately. When I say immediately, I mean like now. And you're going to have to decide to the core of your being, uh, am I a homo sapien or my children humans or can I go into the grass of the technocracy and allow myself to be enhanced or my children to be enhanced? That is a decision for you now. Joe Allen, tell me on every different aspect you're seeing this, whether it's people swiping their hands at what Trader Joe's or Whole Foods to people actually talking about. You had that brutal thing the other day about the chips. Elon Musk is going crazy on that in foreign labs. And in foreign countries, they're doing even much more advanced. We know they're doing biotechnology work. But the decision, the reason the book is transhuman is something you can't run away from. You can't look away from. You could actually, if you want to, if you're just not into politics and don't care about your country, don't care about the flow of history, and don't think you have any responsibility, right, and are not going to be judged on that, having divine providence, having given you the blessings of liberty of 14 generations that come before you. If you say that, I don't like politics. I don't want to deal with it. I'm just going to go live my life. That's a choice you can make. And, you know, it will have an impact. But you might walk away from that unscathed, except for the fact that tyranny coming down on you. But on transhumanism, on that decision, you can't escape from. You're not going to be able to escape from. Joe Allen. This is a civilizational transformation. Uh, Logan, if you would just throw up the, the graphic real quick. I just want the audience to absorb uh, these white papers. We covered this a year and a half ago. I've written about these extensively. They appear uh, prominently in my book. But you have here documents from the UK's Ministry of Defense. Documents from Rand Corporation, documents from Samsung, from NATO. Uh, you have documents from the Royal Society in London. And maybe the less prominent but most shocking document in there, uh, the Exploring Bio-Digital Convergence from Policy Horizons Canada. This is a small, small sample of the sorts of white papers, books, speeches, uh, philosophical uh, propositions, university courses, this mentality, this idea that human beings are fated to create superhuman artificial intelligence, that we're fated to connect our minds to it, that we are fated to alter the genome down to the last nucleotide in order to preserve or to, to improve upon what God and nature has handed us. This has become the new religion of the day. This is a civilizational orientation. Uh, in the early 1900s, America was really hit with a hard question. What is America? What is an American? As the 60s rolled on, uh, what does it mean to be married? What does it mean to have children? Uh, sitting behind all of this, what does it mean to be a religious nation? What does it mean to be a Christian? And then most recently, what does it mean to be a man or a woman or a boy or a girl? All of those questions have been answered for us, and none of those uh, the answers are anything that I would have wanted. 
Uh, an American is anyone who shows up. A man is anybody who wants to be a man. Uh, you know, a Christian is anybody who waves a cross around. And the question of what does it mean to be human? What is a human? That question is being asked among our elites, and they are coming up with all kinds of answers. Uh, most of my book, I would say probably anyway, at least 40% of my book is quotes from these people meticulously cited in order to give the reader a sense of where this mentality is going. What is this civilizational orientation towards technology, towards humanity 2.0, towards the transhuman, towards the post-human in which the human being is no longer even relevant, no matter how enhanced? These mentalities are driving a new religion that is it is a heterodox religion with many points of view, but it is beginning to consolidate. And it is not fringe thinkers. We are talking about the most powerful corporations on earth from Google to Meta to Twitter. We're talking about the richest man on earth and one of the most influential, Elon Musk, who wants to link our brains to artificial intelligence so humans can keep up. Uh, we're talking about some of the most powerful organizations in government, including the Department of Defense, DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, and of course the counterparts in the UK, in Israel, in India, and really important in China. This is the goal of the civilization coming down from the top, and if that is not the direction we want to go, we have to stake our claim on the future and we have to defend it. Joe, uh, the book is on Amazon real quickly. Where do people go for your writings? Go get the book on Amazon. It's a must read. I tour de force, as we say. And I, I don't want the audience to be uh, overwhelmed by the 400 pages. It literally is written. You could start from beginning to end, follow the arc, or you could go to any given chapter, whether it's uh, AI, whether it's the World Economic Forum, whether it is Satanism or Gnosticism, no. and dig right in. You can find my, my you, site, you, you, Joe Bot. Go ahead. Uh, you can find my site, JoeBot.xyz. Links at the top of my social media at J O E B O T X Y Z. There is actually a tab now, warroom.org. You can go straight to the book and subsequent writings about it, especially as reviews roll in. And I really, really appreciate everybody who has bought the pre sale. The book releases on Tuesday. I hope that it is of value to anyone who picks it up. Thank you very much. New York. New York Times bestseller. That's what it's going to be because people need this. No, it is a, it's a thick, big book because it needs to be a big book. Okay. Uh, make sure tonight your homework assignment is uh, birchgold.com. Tomorrow we're going to get into more capital markets, geopolitics, local politics, grassroots, all of it. Be checking in with the uh, Clay Clark people. Mike Lindell will be out there. Be back here at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. We're going to leave you with Unclouded Day. We'll see you tomorrow morning. They tell me of a home far beyond the sky They tell me of a home far away They tell me of a place where no storm clouds rise Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day Oh, the land of cloudless days Oh, the land of an uncloudy sky Tell me of a place where no storm clouds rise Oh, they tell me of an uncloudy day
They tell me of a place where my friends have gone They tell me that my eyes shall behold Heaven's king as he sits on a snow-white throne In the city that is paved with gold Oh, the land of cloudless days Oh, the land of an uncloudy sky Tell me of a place where no storm clouds rise Oh, they tell me of an uncloudy day Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700 thousand Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart, and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. 